You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. Today, we're going to be talking about insurance. The thing that you're like, oh, do I really need this? Do I really need to spend all this money? And if you're unfortunately in a situation where you find that you need it, you realize how important it really is. Um, and with me today to talk about um, common things that restaurant owners need to uh, understand and know about insurance, um, as well as some things that are, um, you know, uh, more recent things that, that have been going on with restaurants and threats that they need to know about that insurance can actually help them with. Um, so with me is John Cassetta, who's the sales manager at Cover Wallet. So welcome, John. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so sure. let's start first, you know, for restaurant owners, you know, what are like the common insurance terminology that they they need to kind of know and understand, um, you know, when they're opening a new business or expanding a business? Uh, you know, there's really two things that uh, I think are going to be consistent across the board, regardless of what kind of restaurant you're operating. Uh, the first being a business owner policy. Some people might hear that referred to by the acronym BOP or BOP. Uh, that's a very common need because it comprises of uh, three main coverages that are, are very important to operating a business. Uh, you have your commercial property, you have your general liability, and you have business interruption. Uh, those are, are very important for a variety of reasons. We'll probably be elaborating on that in a minute. And then the other one that is uh, definitely going to be needed for any and all that have an employee would be workers' comp. Um, in most states, that's a, a compliance product that they have to have. There are a couple instances where it may not be a requirement until you hit certain thresholds. But bottom line is it's the sole remedy for somebody that gets injured in the workplace. And that's why it's going to be very important for somebody to have. So uh, what are, there's several others that are going to come up, but right. those are going to be on an as needed basis based right. on what their business does. So when, you know, you've been doing this for over 20 years. So what are like some common misperceptions that you see with restaurant owners regarding insurance and their needs? Uh, well, I'm going to answer that actually is just small business as a whole. Sure. I hear this all the time from a lot of small businesses, but definitely restaurants are going to be, uh, you know, fitting into that description. People say, I have insurance. Well, that's great. What kind of insurance do you have? What limits do you have? Uh, you know, what kind of coverages were applied on the policy when you purchased it? And uh, commonly the uh, response I get back is, I don't know. I just have insurance. So, you know, when they don't know what they don't know, that can be a little problematic uh, because the time to find out is not when you have a claim. Yeah. So how did pandemic affect restaurant insurance? It affected restaurant insurance uh, in a lot of ways because you think about restaurants, they had to get very creative. You know, uh, I'm here in New York State and, you know, we had the, uh, you know, a lot of restrictions for restaurant owners. You couldn't operate unless people were you know, sitting down. You had to have, you know, table spaced out, social distancing, uh, you know, places that served alcohol couldn't serve just alcohol to a table. You had to now, you know, have at least a dollar in food. Um, but they had to get very creative in how they uh, you know, would have takeout delivery, uh, whether it was curbside service or having a third party that was uh, you know, doing deliveries, um, even alcohol to go. And all of those things, you know, when, you're, when you're starting to talk about online ordering and, and delivery, things are no longer within the, the confines of the restaurant. You've now 
taking liability somewhere else. Right. And it got it got very challenging, but you know, I love the creativity behind what they did because they they did a lot of pretty amazing things that are still very, you know, common even though the pandemic is, you know, right. largely behind us. Yeah, I mean, particularly the alcohol to go, which, mm-hmm. you know, was really a, a saving grace for a lot of restaurants. Um did you did you find that policies had to be re, kind of rewritten, rewritten really quickly to enable a liability factor in for these? Or was it because of a lot of the state regulations that were allowing things that um, there was kind of a, a coverage for it? Uh, one thing I can say, and this you know, you know, predates my time with CoverWallet when I had my own independent office, I would get a lot of those phone calls, you know, saying, am I properly covered for this? I want to have you know, alcohol to go. I want to have delivery. And in some cases, it required us to, you know, maybe change the coverage that was on an existing policy. Sometimes it was writing an entirely new one because they didn't you know, have something in particular uh, prior to that. Um, but yeah, the the degrees of difficulty changed. Right. And now some exposures that, you know, might not necessarily have been there, or if they were, they weren't that important. Now suddenly they were prominent. What about business interruption insurance? Was that, um, you know, coming in into play for a lot of restaurants that were not operational? You know, the business interruption, you know, that's there when you have a, something that's a covered loss. Okay. So, you know, common occurrences are things like, you know, you have a kitchen fire, you can't, you know, operate your restaurant for a few weeks or months while it's being repaired. Uh, what came up, and it's interesting because uh, this is a state by state answer. So I really can't speak right. uh, across the board, uh, but there were questions about whether the pandemic was considered to be business interruption. And, and in some cases that went to the courts to decide. It wasn't uh, you know, a carrier by carrier, policy by policy conversation that came down to the government deciding, you know, do we have business interruption or is the worldwide pandemic not something that's contemplated? And that answer changes from place to place. Right. <laughs> so with a lot of restaurants, you know, some of them, the the restaurant owner also owns the location. Um, but in a lot of instances, the restaurant owner is uh, uh, using a lease. So mm-hmm. what are the different insurance needs for an owner operator who owns their lo- location versus um, an owner who is leasing a location? That's a good question. So some of the answer is going to depend on the lease itself. Right. Okay. If you own the building, you're responsible for the you know, the structure and all the premises around it, as well as the contents within your building. When you lease the building, you're not responsible for the building in a lot of cases, although there are leases that require you to insure the building. Um, So that's a great conversation to have with your landlord to make sure you understand the terms of the contract so you're insuring things adequately and correctly. Um, If you're a lease location where you're not responsible for the building, you still have a lot of contents and equipment that are on the inside. So when you're looking at the BOP, that business owner policy where property is going to be part of those coverages, you want to make sure that that number is as close to accurate as possible. Um, people are very quick to lowball that number because they know that that results in uh, you know possibly a higher price than what you're paying for your premium. But if you have that kitchen fire, you don't want to be nickel and dimed. Those, you know, those those cooking systems are expensive. Right. So is it similar to having renter's insurance in a way? Very similar. Okay. Very similar. Uh, so 
are there things that they should, you know, have that conversation with their landlord um, or look for in the language of the leases regarding insurance? A lot of times a landlord that has insurance requirements, that's, I mean, that's part of the expectation when you sign the lease, they won't give you the key to the location until you provide proof of the insurance. So a lot of the, the lease contracts that I've seen, that's all spelled out. It's not so much that me being the restaurant owner proactively asking the question, the landlord is telling me what I have to do to satisfy the terms of the lease to be able to occupy the space. Right. So it, it's in there, but it, it definitely needs it, to be part of the conversation. It, it definitely should be part of the conversation just to know where your responsibilities uh, end if you're mm -hmm. leasing the property. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm just going to make up, you know, John's Chicken sure. Shack is the restaurant. If I am leasing the space and everybody knows that it's John's Chicken Shack and they fall in my parking lot, what they don't know is that I lease it or own it and they don't care. They fell in my parking lot. Right. So the first person they're going to look to is me as the owner. Uh, whether that parking lot is the responsibility of my landlord or not, I'm still named in a claim until we can prove or disprove that it's still my liability. Right. And seeing that in the contract language for the lease where they're spelling out where their responsibilities are and, and letting you know you're responsible for you know plowing the snow, just right. as an example. Right. So I know there were... Um, you know, in, in my area, there was some flooding and there was some issues where, you know, it was restaurant equipment that was damaged, but it, what was the landlord's responsibility versus what was the tenant's responsibility? And, you know, they kind of were going back and forth about, you know, who's responsible for paying for the cleanup, who, you know, who should do that. And, um, and it seemed that there was, you know, a lot of, a lot of back and forth that maybe could have been prevented if they had had conversations ahead of time to kind of spell all of that out in the first place. Exactly. And, you know, that's, that's a conversation that goes beyond just the insurance. But sure. uh, when you're looking at the lease, you know, some leases are, are locked tight and it's very clearly spelled out what you need to do and others are maybe a little bit more loosey goosey on the language, but you know, knowing what your responsibilities are, are very important to, you know, operating any kind of business. So what is a typical restaurant insurance policy cover and not cover? Um, you know, are there options for restaurants? Does it determine, uh, you know, what kind of restaurant it is? Um, you know, if you're operating a, a food truck, a ghost kitchen or something, mm -hmm. um, you know, are there typical differences in restaurant policies and what they cover? That's a that's a really, really good question. And it's it's a difficult one to yeah. answer because uh, when you're looking at, you know, the word typical, you know, kind of suggests that there's some standardization and to some degree there is. But when you when you get into the real nitty gritty of how a policy is written, the difference between carrier A and carrier B and what they have uh, you know decided to offer from a you know a package standpoint um, could defer quite dramatically. Some will include things like employment practices, liability automatically, some will not. Some will include a limitation on liquor liability, some will not. Um, so knowing the, the difference from carrier A to carrier B, that really is going to change what the word typical could define. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you are when you are a restaurant, whether it's full serve, fast food, you know, a buffet style, you know, beverage and snack stand, you know, all points in between, 
you know, you're going to have some specific needs and that's where having a conversation with your agent is going to be critical to make sure that you're dotting those I's and crossing those T's. Some things will be very important to you and others won't be. Right. So are agents going physically to visit restaurants and small businesses to kind of determine this or are they, it's just in conversations that they're having with people? Conversation. And I mean, let's face it, everybody's online these days, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Facebook, Yelp, there's so much that's uh, available. Um, I can find out a tremendous amount of information about a, a restaurant just by hopping on their website, their social media pages, you know, online reviews, it tells you everything you need to know. Right. So one of the things that came up during the pandemic for a lot of restaurant owners was delivery. All of a sudden, um, curbside became became something. Um, whether or not to have your own in-house delivery system or working with third-party delivery service. So mm-hmm. how does that inf- affect what insurance you have? Well, the driving exposure, you know, changes things significantly and a commercial auto policy is going to be necessary if you have your own vehicles in the name of the restaurant so you know going back to john's chicken shack if i buy a van and that's what i'm using to uh you know deliver my my food that's a commercial auto policy if i don't have my own van but i employ uh you barbara to do the delivery for me but you're using your own vehicle that's a hired non-owned situation i've hired you but i don't own your car so you have personal auto insurance, but while you're doing the, the, the driving in the context of, of my restaurant, there needs to be some coverage there for the business. All right. That's mm-hmm. the non-known situation. And then you take it a little bit further where you have the, you know, the, the DoorDashes and the Uber Eats. Now they are in many cases responsible for the, the liability of the, uh, you know, the driving, but there's still some, you know, impact you could potentially have, uh, you know, not on the driving piece, but on the, the liability of the food. Mm-hmm. So were, were a lot of people making choices at that time about using their own delivery service or using maybe vehicles that they had that they had used for um, for supplies and then kind of looking at the 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 figures, you know, and saying, oh, well, yeah. I'm going to have this for insurance. I'm going to have to do all of this. That third party kind of made it a little bit easier to swallow and able to to kind of ramp Absolutely. up delivery services. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, uh, you know, the third party delivery services have been a game changer for a lot of restaurants that it was cost prohibitive, you know, for them to purchase the, the number of vehicles required yeah. to deliver the food in the volume that they're now doing for takeout. Mm-hmm. And having a third party that can do that is is a tremendous value for a lot of, of small businesses. So you mentioned before about, you know, that restaurant owners need to understand, you know, what the policy covers and all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, when there is an emergency, what are those kind of records and numbers that they should keep on hand? Should they kind of keep a list of all their restaurant equipment and what they are so that it's easier for them to reach out to the insurance company so they know everything that's affected. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, knowing who your carriers are, having access to the policies, um, you know, companies, you know, Cover Wallet being a broker, we have a digital wallet where people can access things very easily from their mobile. Um, But knowing who to call is going to be critical, right? So if you have a if you have a restaurant fire and all of your, your papers have gone up in smoke, it's nice to know where to call and, and having something sure. digital is, is a, a great asset. 
when you have something like a general liability policy that has a claim for somebody slipping and falling or workers comp, same thing, slip and fall, but an employee, not a guest, um, the, the most important things to do is, you know, to make sure that you're getting accurate representation of what just happened. So, you know, if you have an incident report, you know, form or online, however you choose to do that, it keeps record of what happened. You know, if there were any witnesses to what happened, that's always helpful. Um, if you have cameras that might have captured it, you know, making sure that you have uh, those files available. But all of that is uh, very uh, useful when uh, when you look at things like claims mitigation. Sometimes mm -hmm. the sooner you respond to things, the better it is because the longer the longer you allow things to you know fester, they, sure. they can now start to add zeros to the the overall dollar amount. Right. Um, you know, one of the things that we're talking about now. Um, that was not any kind of on anybody's radar 10 years ago, maybe starting five years ago, um, was, um, you know, threats from the cyber world and cybersecurity. And, you know, now it's become such a big deal where, you know, during the pandemic, people are, are using QR code menus, you know, mm -hmm. taking their phone, taking a picture um, and not really paying attention to the privacy issues involved. Yeah. Um, you know, now I'm hearing about uh, people using chargers uh, that were from outside companies in restaurants and they're uh, they're being loaded with malware or their data is being served to, uh, stolen. So what are you know, what is that threat that um, restaurant owners you know, may not be aware of? Um, and then how can insurance kind of protect yeah. them and guide them to kind of under understand what these hazards are? First, you did a really good job of capturing a lot of the different scenarios that come up. And, you know, it's amazing. I, I, I sound old when I say these things, but, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was sitting in restaurants and everybody's, you know, writing with a pencil and paper. Right. Now it's, you know, it's a POS system and credit cards are, you know, swiped and data is being transferred and stored and you know all of that you know sounds like a why would that be my issue kind of thing but because it's your location because it's you that's you know taking care of the transaction there is a level of responsibility to you know to keep that information safe and uh you know where where things get really interesting on that is uh, you know Small businesses, I mean, restaurants are going to you know, fit into that description, but small businesses, they don't have unlimited resources. No. Um, they're not going to be necessarily on top of all of the, the latest ways of keeping information safe. They've got a computer, they've got a POS, maybe they're new, but the software that's on it, how often is that being updated and maintained? And the restaurant and uh, hospitality industry, depending on the source you look at, is either the number one or number two most targeted industry in all of small businesses for cyber attacks. Right. So knowing that they're being attacked, knowing that they don't have the, uh, you know, the unlimited resources to stay on top of this stuff, and everybody knows somebody that's had their identity stolen. Unfortunately, I mean, on a personal level, I, I hate that it's their their issue, but right. it's still their issue. Right. And having a cyber policy that helps, you know, protect in those situations, because uh, you know the the cost associated with 
you know, whether it's helping somebody restore information, whether it's, uh, you know, maybe they have, uh, you know, ransomware installed on there and their entire POS shuts down and they can't take food orders for a day. Um, all of that costs money to, to fix, plus there was business interruption. All of that is something that, you know, they need to at least be aware of and decide is a cyber policy, you know, a good choice for them. Right. You know, and there's, you know, issues of Facebook pages being uh, yeah. taken over and not being able to use their own websites and all of that. Yeah. Um, yep. Lawsuits about the uh, accessibility of websites and, and mm -hmm. so many different things that fall under this banner. Um, yeah. You know, what are you are you seeing people come in and saying this is something I need or are you guys doing outreach and saying, you know, if you haven't updated your policies to include this, you really want to think about it, particularly if you're seeing, you know, restaurants that are that are uh, using more technology with kiosks and and, um, you know, pay at table and all of those kind of things. Um, are you you know, out making this kind of outreach and saying you, you really need to update and have this now. I think that uh, as a general rule, people are still unaware of where their responsibilities and liabilities might fall. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always going to be the, the business owner that's aware of it, that, you know, we'll call them the early adopters when it comes to this information. They're like, is this something I need to worry about? And they reach out and they, they talk to their agent. The overwhelming majority of uh, small business owners, I think, are still, you know, not quite sure where their responsibilities might fall, and they're not asking those questions yet. Right. So, you know, we are reaching out. We are being as proactive as possible and making sure that people understand that, you know, you have something that you need to at least make a, an informed decision about. You know, whether you choose to, to purchase the policy or not is not the question. It's like, did you even know that it existed? Right. And why you should why you should look at it. Right. You know, it's almost as if they need to think of it as, you know, your if somebody's data is stolen at your place, it's just the same as if someone had a slip and fall that, you know, it's it's something that you are still have a, a responsibility in, um, you know, but everybody kind of saw tech, uh, particularly at the beginning of the pandemic. So valuable to them and they, you know, and the QR codes, which, you know, had not yeah. been in the picture were all right. of a sudden, Hey, you know, here you can make a free QR code of your menu, but who are they working with to get that? So right. they were you know, willing to partner with people that who knows what those, what the legality of those relationships were. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it seems now they're getting a chance to breathe and kind of say, Hey, you know, I need to, to make sure I'm protected. Right. Uh, affected here. Um, and, you know, to that point, you know, the pandemic was, you know, ripe with fraud for yeah. a variety of reasons. And, uh, you know, there are people that are very opportunistic and they, yes. they are going to go where they think the money is and they're going to go where they think it's going to be really easy to get away with it and not get caught. Yeah. And small businesses not having those unlimited resources, like, yeah, the thrill of uh, being able to, you know, take down that pipeline in the Southeast, uh, you know, last year. That was that was big news. If they can do it there, they can really do it at your restaurant too. Right. You know, and and that's the part that I think a lot of people don't they, you don't see it. Liability is invisible. You don't you don't see where the next attack is coming from. You know, it's a cottage industry and the cyber attacks. There are there are people that start businesses, you know, illegal ones in other parts of the world with the sole purpose of taking down small businesses in the U.S. 
we have to be prepared for that. Right. Um, so what are other things that need to be on a restaurant owner owner's radar in mm -hmm. regard to their insurance requirements and, and needs? You know, we, uh, we hit on a lot of them, but there's a lot of other things. And I, I guess I will just generically put that <laughs> in the category of somebody asking the question, well, why would that be my issue? And, you know, it could be something as simple as liquor liability. I know some states have mandation, you know, mandates uh, for, for coverage where others may be a little bit less for, you know, advisory on how that needs to be done. Uh, but the question is, well, why is it my fault if somebody has too much to drink and they, you know, they cause an accident? Well, you were the one that served them. And again, on a personal level, why isn't somebody accountable for their actions? Mm -hmm. But in the insurance world, in the legal world, somebody's decided that, you know, because you overserve them, you you have some some ownership in that. Right. And that's where liquor, liquor liability comes in. They, a restaurant owner has to understand where their responsibilities may or may not fall. And, you know, when it comes to a, a location, you're responsible for maintaining it so somebody can enter and leave, you know, freely without the risk of injury, right? Uh, you know, the food has to be, you know, edible and <laughs> not cause right. you know not cause problems same thing with you know alcohol making sure that you're not over serving i know i'm really oversimplifying it when i say it but those are the things that not everybody thinks about hmm. you know a small business owner has a lot on their plate i was one so i understand what it's like to have so many things that i have to stay on top of whether it's you know payroll insurance you know food order hiring and firing, all of the other stuff that goes on in the restaurant, it's really easy to get distracted and not think about the things that are going to be critical decisions to make. And that's where having somebody that's a trusted advisor that you can, you know, you know, have support you in some of those decisions just to say, look, you know, this is what I'm doing. What am I not thinking of? Right. Right. Because you can't, you can't think of everything and every, yeah. you know, it's like a chess game, you know, you're going to make this move. And if this person makes this move and, you, you really can't foresee every, every barrier uh, uh, that's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. But if you have people have your back, then, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're, you at least have somebody by your side who can help Absolutely. you, you know, muddy, you know, lessen the waters. Um, you know, so what I guess would be on the horizon, um, you know, for restaurants, um, you know, it's been a challenging couple of years, um, mm -hmm. but people are still opening restaurants. Um, they're still interested in, in them as a career. Um, so if, you know, if, if somebody is listening and they want to open up a restaurant and they, you know, they're like, Oh, I, I need to make sure I have this, you know, what, what would you tell them, um, you know, to do and how to approach it? Um, and as part of their, you know, making sure they have a good business plan underfoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a business plan, there's so much to it, you know, and, and, far beyond the insurance piece, but, you know, knowing how cash flow uh, is incredibly important, uh, you know, knowing where the, uh, the large dollars need to be tended to, right? Some people have a tendency to focus on the, the small ones. I, I, I'm not answering the question when I say this, but I'm going to give you a, diff yeah. a different, uh, different approach. I know so many people that are super concerned about making sure they have a service plan for their iPhone but they don't have life insurance. Right. And the immediacy of repairing the iPhone or replacing the iPhone is what prompts them to do that. 
nobody sits around thinking about their own mortality. And the same thing happens in a business plan where you're looking at the, the business and what is what is going to be the most immediate thing that's going to give me you know value right now. And the things that are a nice to have or perceived nice to have that are really a need to have that are like, you know, pay for it and hope you never have to use it like insurance. Right. Um, you know, that can very easily be, you know, a back burner conversation where you're, you're making purchasing decisions solely on what you spent rather than what you're getting for what you spent. Right. Right. You know, you say, you know, you get what you pay for, but you also don't get what you don't pay for. And you've got to make sure that you're, you're talking to the right people, you know, whether it's, you know, your agent or a trusted advisor that, you know, that has a, a good understanding of the business to make sure that the things that could be very valuable in your decision-making are addressed. So, you mentioned fraud before, um, and you know we hear a lot about it. So, you know, how big of a of an issue is it, um, you know, on your end um, that insurance agencies are dealing with, uh, you know, fraud and people who are, you know, really getting creative and thinking about, mm -hmm. as you said, people from other countries wanting to take down small businesses um, yeah. as their business. Um, you know, it, how big of a problem is it, um, particularly for, for restaurants that they need to it's know huge. about it? It's huge. Um, you know, you, you, we already talked about the, you know, the, the fraud and the cyber yeah. world, but think about general liability for a second. Um, slipping and falling. Is it real? Is it not? How bad's the injury? Uh, did anybody see it happen? Um, I've seen a lot of claims over the years where, you know, people were, you know, I'm doing air quotes, you know, mm -hmm. seriously injured when I've also seen them on the golf course the next day. Right. And some of that is very hard to prove or disprove. And in the case of uh, some of the smaller claims, fighting it sometimes is more expensive than it is than just writing the check. Uh, nobody likes to hear that, but that's right. reality. And, uh, you know, fraud can happen in a, in a variety of ways, whether it's general liability, workers' comp, um, all points in between. You just have to be very cautious about, you know, people being opportunistic and doing anything that's within your control to eliminate as many of those possibilities as you can. Right. You can do everything perfectly and something's still going to go wrong. Right. But if it's within your control, control it. Uh, you know, so when it's, you know, things like safety and, uh, and housekeeping, making sure that there's, uh, you know, somebody immediately addressing a, a spill, right? You don't want anybody slipping on, on an ice cube on the floor or grease in the kitchen. Uh, if there's something that's a tripping hazard in the restaurant or the parking lot, address it right away. Because if somebody can find it, they will find it. 